My name is Christophe Pompey. I'm a partner at Pioneer Equity Partners, and you're listening to App Guy Podcast. The App Guy Podcast, straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy, sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. And now, Paul, the App Guy. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy Podcast. I'm your host. It's Paul Kemp. Uh, I am with an entrepreneur. Uh, who is in my favorite city in the world. Uh, I used to live in uh, Sydney, Australia, and uh, I'm really thrilled to have Chris Jones on the on the um, podcast episode today. He is the co-founder of uh, Code and Go. So if you, a very easy website to remember, just go and visit Code and Go. Uh, that's N, uh, go, uh, dot com, and you'll see what's going on there. And I uh, uh, just wanted to share uh, Chris's journey with us. So Chris, it's a warm welcome to you on the App Guy podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Paul. I appreciate it. So uh, can you tell us a bit about CodeAndGo.com and, and how it can help out uh, potential app entrepreneurs? Absolutely. So Code and Go, we do alternative app store distribution and marketing and promotions for app developers. So most developers submit their apps to iTunes and Google Play, um, but there's tons of Android stores out there beyond Google Play. And so we make it easy for developers to distribute their apps to more app stores, manage those app stores efficiently from a single dashboard, and then also run promotional campaigns, CPI-based campaigns into those stores as well as into other networks so they can drive installs for their apps. This is great because we have, I have so many app entrepreneurs who only focus on either Apple's App Store or Google Play Store because, you know, they're the biggest uh, players. Uh, but how beneficial is it to get on these other stores yeah just like any you know just like with itunes and google play uh getting into the stores is, is step one and then being able to promote your apps is step two what we typically see is that uh if you have a successful app you'll see anywhere from 20 to 30 percent of your overall google play downloads you'll see come from the alternative stores that's for the stores that exist outside of china uh, within China, Google Play only has about a 5% share, so everything in China is through alternative stores. And so, obviously, you'll see much more of your volume in that market uh, come through the alternative channels. And our goal is really just to make it really simple and easy to be able to access those channels and then manage them effectively so you can take advantage of that additional install inventory. Typically, those stores, you'll find uh, less competition uh, because they don't have as many apps and they're hungry for good content. And so there's feature placement opportunities as well available through those stores. So really, it's all from our perspective, it's all about giving you more options and more opportunities to have users find your apps. So uh, I'm actually thinking if I'm listening to this right now and I've got uh, an app on, say, the Google Play Store, uh, it's not doing particularly well for me. You know, I'm really struggling to get people to actually buy this app. Uh, I could uh, potentially come to you and you'll uh, open up the world of opportunities in these alternative app stores. Uh, and uh, maybe I need to think about uh, ch changing the language to localize it to China as well. Is that an important step that app developers can take? Yeah, so, so two pieces to that. So first, yeah, we we can definitely... Um, help expose your app to more users through the alternative channels uh, and then we can also help you promote that app uh, in those channels. The other piece around localization with China, China is kind of a, a separate animal uh, in that it's quite complex and, and convoluted and there's a lot of hurdles to jump through so we, we hold our uh, clients hands a bit in walking them through getting their app distributed in China 
and and then help them promote their apps in, in China as well. But we're big fans of localization. We do believe in it, and we do know that stores are looking for localized content. So if you're able to provide localized content, you're more likely to be able to get feature placement in those stores, which obviously helps drive more downloads and hopefully begins that, that cycle, that organic cycle where you're in the top of whatever category that you're in and the organic installs that come as a result of being in the, uh, in the top listed apps. Yeah, let's, let, Chris, let's talk about monetization of the apps because that's always very important. And, you know, I mean, we're not getting a lot of money for our apps anyway. You know, the whole price of uh, software is, has really come down is probably because of Apple and Google. But is is it uh, less likely to, I mean, what sort of prices are they uh, asking for on these alternative app stores and how do they compare with the big Google Play and the Android, and the Apple App Store? Yeah, great question. So monetization, obviously, uh, a challenge across the board. For uh, Android apps, for the most part, uh, pay per download hasn't been a viable model. Uh, uh, really, you have to have a specific types of apps where it can work. But for the most part, um, most people are monetizing via via freemium or via or via ads. Uh, that's going to be the case as well in the alternative stores, primarily. For the most part, most of the stores, you don't have any issues. You can use your um, Google in-app payments. So you don't have to make any changes to your uh, uh, Google APK. Uh, obviously, for ads, ad-supported, the ad networks you choose, that's agnostic. doesn't matter which store you're in. You can work with any ad network you'd like. Some of the things that you can do in some of the alternate stores uh, that have begun to go away on the Android side due to changes in the Google Play policy or Things like um, uh, some of the push notification ads and the like that changed about a year year or so ago when uh, Google Play changed their policies. Those things can still be done in some of the alternative stores uh, if you choose to go that route. This this is great because uh, I, I do think that uh, everyone listening now should think about these alternative stores. Uh, are you saying it really is this easy that we just provide you with, you know, you get this APK file when you uh, have to upload to Google Play. We could just give you that, can we? And then you do the rest? That's essentially how it works. Uh, if you go to codeandgo.com, C-O-D-E-N-G-O.com, you'll see basically we, uh, it's very similar to submitting to Google Play. Uh, we What we've done is we've gone and we've captured all the submission processes for over 30 different stores and created a single submission form. So we capture all the information required in order to set up developer accounts on your behalf and then be able to submit your apps for approval to the broad range of stores. So it's kind of a one-stop shop to be able to come in, get your developer account set up, get your app submitted, and then be able to manage those apps on an ongoing basis. So, for example, when you have an update, you would come provide us the update, and then we push it out to the 30-plus stores rather than you having to go and log into each and every single store and push your updates into the store. And this takes a lot of time and effort. So we basically do all the heavy lifting in that regard and allow you to focus on coding and building a better app. Chris, I have to say, this is an awesome development. And I know that if we can change gears slightly, a lot of the apps to tribe listening to this now are probably wondering about you because, you know, this is a great idea and it's, the difference between acting on a, a really good idea and delivering that as a service and compared to all those people, 95% of you know ideas just kind of filter off. How did you 
you know, end up uh, actually bringing this to market? Uh, have you got like a background in startups or can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey with Code & Go? Yeah, sure. So obviously uh, you can probably tell from my uh, uh, lack of an Aussie accent that I'm not from here originally, but uh, I started off in the mobile space managing the content portal for uh, Boost Mobile in the U.S., and so that was my first introduction into the content space. Back then, we called it value-added services uh, long before the app stores, uh, the app stores as we know them today, kicked off. And at that time, I was always doing very entrepreneurial things with uh, the companies that I worked for at the time. And once moving to Australia, uh, I went out on my own doing a bit of consulting in the mobile space and the digital space. And had always been keeping my eye on what was going to be happening next in mobile. And initially, uh, we started focusing on cross-platform development tools and eventually evolved to, uh, to focus on distribution, uh, basically trying to help developers address some of the myriad of challenges. And we said, well, where, where can we create a, a beachhead where if we can solve that, then there's other things that we can do, other uh, consulting services, other value-added services that we can offer to developers, particularly small and mid-sized developers who don't have the resources and the big teams to be able to hire people, you know, to, to do some of these tasks that are beyond just building the app. And so uh, we started, came up with the idea and started building it a few years ago. It was, you know, it was kind of a labor of love doing it on the side, nights and weekends uh, to validate the idea before, uh, before jumping in full time and, and looking to build, you know, build the next platform that enables developers to be able to monetize and, and essentially run their businesses more efficiently and more effectively. We started from the premise that even if you're a small app developer and you're making 25 bucks a month, you know, you want to make 50 bucks a month. If you're making, you know, 2,500 bucks a month, you want to make $5,000 a month. And regardless of what level you are, you've got a side business whether you like it or not, and you're going to try and build that business. So what are some of the tools and services that we can offer to make building that business more efficient and more effective for you as a developer? Yeah. So, so I want to inspire anyone listening to this to try and think about what it takes to become a co-founder. And is it something that's almost, uh, you know, you're born with it? You had a very, like what sounded like a very well-paid uh, job there. And, and, but you wanted to do something on your own. You wanted to found uh, you know, code and go. And uh, what, wh why uh, did you go the kind of probably higher risk um, approach by finding your own company rather than the, the safety net of uh, working for someone else? Yeah, there's, it's definitely a higher risk. Um, it's, and it's definitely something that has to come from inside. Uh, being an entrepreneur is not for everyone. You know, most businesses will probably fail. <laughs> so you have to have a, a risk tolerance and be able to, uh, you know, be able to focus, be able to focus and, and drive yourself when, when, you know, when you don't know where the next paycheck is coming from and you don't necessarily have an easy solution to the problem that's in front of you. So it takes a fair amount of, of self-motivation. But once you get moving and get going, that is that helps to create energy and you start talking to more and more people and you start to understand where your business can go. And that keeps you motivated. Uh, the other thing about being a co-founder uh, is having that co-founder helps one 
you bring a different, you find someone that brings a different skill set than you have, and two, the energy that you're able to uh, leverage off of each other, pick each other up when one's having a down day or the other one's having a, a rough day, really helps to drive the business forward and keep new ideas and uh, uh, and new energy flowing into the business in order to, you know, deal with the challenges that come with being an entrepreneur. So, Chris, there's two things we need to do before we say goodbye to you. And one is that we tend to flesh out some new ideas from you. And I'm thinking you have access to all these alternative stores. Many of the listeners perhaps don't even like look at these stores or are not sure exactly what's in them. I know some of them are fairly big, but I'm, I'm wondering if you know uh, or can see any glaring omissions from some of the big named apps in, in any of the alternative stores. The way I'm thinking is that the potential way of making money now is like that, like all these people who were making money 10 years ago when they could see the growth of you know eBay and then just set up eBay clones in different countries uh, and uh, you know capitalized on that idea uh, do you see big omissions from some of these stores on on the big apps one of the things that we have been looking at is uh, enabling these stores to more efficiently and effectively make money through the CPI campaigns that are being run by so many large advertisers and what we found is for large advertisers they're missing out often on the alternative stores because as a, a single alternative store may not drive enough volume for them to be focused on. But we're looking at aggregating promotional opportunities across 30 or 40 or 50 different stores, and we believe that that will enable them to uh, acquire enough volume to make these alternative channels a worthwhile advertising medium for them. So that's one area. Um, the other thing, going back to what we spoke about earlier with localization, if you are able to localize your apps, you give yourself so a, such a better opportunity to be discovered. These stores, as I mentioned earlier, they're hungry for content, and but if you can provide localized content, that content's going to get discovered much more easily than uh, than just your straight English versions. That that's the big opportunity that a lot of developers are missing out on. Yeah, it does make sense, doesn't it, to generate localized content for some of the localized stores? Because we we have to remember that you know that a lot of big brands have very uh, big uh, pulling power, and uh, I know that you know once there becomes like this duopoly of two app stores, it doesn't make sense to to uh, really focus on some of these things. But we we need to uh, really focus on the the app stores. So so what's like I have to ask what what are your big pain points at the moment? Uh, you know you're running your business, you're incredibly busy, an entrepreneur. Do you, can you think of some big pain points uh, that you would be able to talk about, and we perhaps can flesh out an idea to try and solve some of those through an app? Oh, that's a good question. You mean pain points for our business specifically or pain points that we see with that developers are facing? Uh, well, yeah, actually, the developers, because we, <laughs> we would love you to, uh, you know, kind of um, acknowledge like just some of the challenges that we have. Yeah. So obviously the, the, the big elephant in the room is always app discovery. Um, and what we found is that there are a number of uh, innovative tools and solutions out there Um and then, and of course, the second one is monetization. One of the things that we've recently discovered, a company we recently discovered out of India, um, emerging markets, huge, huge opportunities there. The challenge, though, in those emerging markets is they're not going to pay the same amount for content 
that you might pay in the UK or in the US or here in Australia. So how do you how do you access those markets and monetize users in those markets? Well, we came across a, a company that we're now uh, beginning to work with who actually allows you to rent apps. So users uh, are able to rent apps. This works particularly well with games. They're able to try the games. They get a certain amount, number of credits. And if they get to the point where they've used up enough credits to actually purchase the game, then they end up owning the game outright just as if they were to purchase you know, the premium content for you know, $2.99 or $3.99 or whatever it is off of uh, the, the Google Play Store. Uh, there's innovative ideas like that that will now you, allow you, you know, the Indian market is you know, 500 million handsets or you know, some ridiculous number of handsets. You're going to see the same things in Africa, but they don't still have this, they don't have the same purchasing power as the first world countries. But those are monetization opportunities that smart developers can get onto and take advantage of early. So when you see those those opportunities grow, you've, you're already in there. You already understand the ins and outs, and you're monetizing, you know, in a way that others haven't been able, haven't been able to take advantage of yet. Well, Chris, in 267 episodes of the App Guy podcast, that is the first time I've come across renting apps. Seems extremely uh, sensible. And, uh, you know, like we do rent a lot of stuff in the West as well. And it just seems very you know, logical to apply that business model to uh, some of the developing countries uh, that don't have the same spending power. So uh, that, that's definitely worthwhile. I'm going to put some links, I think, in the show notes. So people should go and check out theappguy.co. Just go to episode 268 with Chris Jones, and you'll see uh, maybe some links to those uh, uh, resources that you're talking about. So the final thing, Chris, is that this is a show about apps. We can't you know, leave without asking you what uh, one or two app recommendations you can make for us uh, from your your phone. Um, do you have uh, one or two apps that you think we may not have come across that would be just good finds for us? That's a good question. Uh, recent apps I've downloaded. So my, uh, I have a ten-year-old son. He likes to, uh, he likes to play on my phone, as I'm sure many others have as well. Um, Backyard Sports. Backyard Sports is an old uh, sports uh, uh, toy brand that. Uh, that probably many folks, particularly in the States, would have grown up with. And they've recently launched some new games, uh, baseball and basketball games. The basketball game features Stefan Curry. Uh, that's a recent one that I've downloaded and uh, my son is enjoying. What else am I using now that... Uh, Can he beat you? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, Yes. He spends much more time on it than I do. <laughs> yeah, my my two boys, I've got twin boys and uh, I'm still, you know, I do have to help them with some levels on uh, Leo's Fortune and some of the other apps. And uh, But uh, I just really can't wait for the day where it's it's getting close, but where they will potentially beat me at something. <laughs> yeah, my son has already taken taken over for me a long time ago. And he, <laughs> he, doesn't, he hasn't looked back at all. <laughs> So that's backyard sports. Uh, you, you must, did you have one more? Uh, I'm trying to feel free to browse here. your phone. And what phone is it you've got, Chris? Actually, what are you browsing? There? Uh, Samsung Galaxy uh, S4. Just about to upgrade to the S5 here shortly. I'm uh, obviously an Android fan, given that we work with Android stores. Uh, and recently, finally got my wife to give up her iPhone. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was a brave thing to do. That was, that was, that was. 
<laughs> Taking a chance with the relationship on that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh. My kids have so many apps on here that I don't actually I, I tell use you, them. I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll... Um, if you do think of an app, yeah, just email me and we'll put it on the show notes. So we'll leave that as a surprise. Um, you know, there will be an, there will be an app reveal, um, but it does mean that only those people who are going to take action now will find this app. So go to the appguy.co and it's episode episode two six eight, and and there'll be a link to the mystery app. Uh, I like this. We just uh, invented a new segment, the mystery app. There you go. I, I can like get that. people to the website. Uh, only about one percent of the listeners will probably do this, but. Uh, you know, there you go. The mystery app is on the show notes. Uh, I think I'm going to treat that as a new segment, Chris. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm helping you innovate. <laughs> you are the mystery app. Uh, maybe even the mystery app store as well, you know. So uh, is there anything you feel like we missed about Code and Go? Uh, I mean, do you feel like we covered all the bases there? Um, the the other thing is, uh, like I said, we run uh, CPI campaigns. And, you know, we're aggregating installs across a number of uh, alternative stores and also uh, partnering with uh, with a wide range of networks. And what we find uh, over the last couple of years now, some of the alternative stores have begun to grow and, and drive some some decent volumes uh, is that you want to definitely have a plan uh, uh, once you submit into the store. So keep that in mind as well. Uh, it's it's. You know, got to the point where you can't just submit and go, hey, you know, because I've submitted to the store, you know, I'm going to see downloads uh, take off. So, but we can help with that. And that's something that we, you know, we help our users, you know, engage with the stores. We have relationships, obviously, with the, with the stores as anyone who's tried to, you know, connect with a live person that, you know, at Google Play or iTunes knows how difficult that can be. Unfortunately, we've set ourselves up to be able to, you know, pick up the phone or, or usually jump on a Skype call be able to connect with the actual people who can make things happen at the stores. So Chris, what you're saying is that anyone who wants to directly get in touch with you, that we have the ability to actually speak to a human being uh, who then will appreciate the work that we've done on our app and may even start to talk about potentially featuring it in certain categories. That That's exactly what we're able to do. Come on, Apple. Come on, Google. Google it. It's, it's crazy. I, I, in <laughs> fact, all these years, I don't even think I've spoken live, I think maybe to one Apple representative. But uh, yeah, they're, they're <laughs> just uh, get, getting hold of anyone. And, and, and certainly having a discussion about being featured is, is just absolutely zero. So that, that's another incentive, I think, to check out these alternative app stores. Definitely opportunities there. Uh, Yandex did a study and can't remember exactly what the numbers are off the top of my head now, but uh, they found that the likelihood of being featured was something on the magnitude of you know twenty or fifty times that uh, of being featured on the new Google Play Store. Yes, sounds very familiar, and unfortunately, can... uh, you know, as these uh, new economies grow, then uh, money starts to uh, find its way into uh, the decision-making process, and <laughs> so. Uh, you know, yes. and for, uh, unfortunately, unless you're a big player, then it can be quite hard. And um, yeah, so it's good that, you know, we do think about alternatives. So, Chris, this has been a very inspirational story and journey with you. And uh, I'm totally uh, blown away by, you know, this this uh, opening of the, of the door to these new app stores. And I wondered how best people can reach out to, to you. Uh, what's the best way of connecting? Yeah, probably the easiest way uh, is visit codeandgo.com, C-O-D-E-N-G-O.com. Uh, hit the contact us there, and either myself or 
partner or someone from our team will be able to connect with you and uh, address your concerns, answer any questions that you may have. Uh, of course, you can always connect with me as well. Um, easy to be found on, on LinkedIn. Uh, uh, on Twitter, our handle is codeandgo underscore com. Uh, and we also have a Facebook page as well. So uh, any of those means you can find us. Chris, I have to say, uh, you're one of the few guests who has a Facebook page now. So, uh, um, yeah, <laughs> I must admit, yeah, we don't keep it as up to date as we as we'd like to. To be it, honest, <laughs> it seems to be falling back. That there's in all these episodes I've recorded, it's very rare that I put someone's Facebook page on there. So I have to remember to do that. Uh, okay, Chris, what a great episode! Thanks very much for joining us on the App Guy podcast. I really appreciate the time, Paul.